Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today I'll be continuing my discussion of Akashic Records, or what I call soul books. Last week we looked into the first two sections, which record past lives and the meaning of those past lives, which is recorded in the reintegration section. This week, we'll start with the third section, which discusses the soul itself. The soul book for each individual records everything about a soul from their initial creation, their teacher's credentials and agreement to act as their mentor parent, and information concerning the nature of the soul's soul group at its inception, including social orientation and general perspective. A soul group's social orientation might be towards picking an interesting subject and working on it together, having one soul find something interesting and the others follow, or having all soul members seek out new subjects, learn them, and bring them back for further instruction. General perspectives lead groups towards subject matters, specialties, and methods of interaction. Some groups are analytical and like exploration and science, but not intimate personal interactions. Others seek out social challenges, which are emotionally charged, and yet others work in harmony in order to act creatively and avoid difficult emotions. Social orientations and general perspectives lend internal structure to the soul group, creating community, common language, experience, and purpose. The third section of most soul books is therefore a combination of historical record, diary, psychological profile, school record, work history, and personal accomplishment list. It contains a full record of who the soul is, all that they've done and become, and all that they strive to be within the Akashics. What is learned through embodied experiences or past lives, and is reintegrated into the soul, is not reiterated here, as it's already recorded in detail through the first and second sections. What's relevant here is the summary result showing the soul having become more, learned lessons, acquired skills, and accomplished tasks, adventures, and relationships. Living an embodied life as a human being, or as any other creature, is not the purpose of our existence, or even a large part of who we are. It's one type of experience, one means of being in a multitude of opportunities for learning and becoming. Depending on the soul, the amount of time spent in being embodied can be a very small percentage of its existence, while experiences, lessons, and responsibilities in the Akashics can be the majority. Being embodied in any form is a choice and a challenge, not a requirement, and some souls don't avail themselves of it often, while others use it frequently. Most souls work with their teachers and within their soul group, learning about the universe through educational experiences in the Akashics. Souls first learn what it means to be a soul, such as the physics of how to exist within the interconnectedness of energy and thought. They must learn appropriate social interactions with each other, their teacher, and other beings. Not only how to be appropriate, but what it feels like to hurt and be hurt, and what to do to resolve hurts and conflicts. Free will and choices, opinions and options are a large part of this instruction as being interconnected, telepathic, and empathic, knowing what others think and feel as they experience it, can lead to a desire to control or influence others. In all situations, power has its attractions. 
being vulnerable has its pitfalls, and regardless of form, all beings are fallible and constantly in the process of learning from their mistakes, as much or more as from their successes. When you are formless and yet all forms are available to you, the first lesson to be learned is not can I, but should I. And as the essence of the Akashics is love, and all actions taken lead us to love, the most relevant lesson is how to be, act, perceive, and give love. The last section of all soul books is the life roadmap. It works with the embodied life record, the section concerning this particular embodied life, and the relationship map, the map of all relationships in this particular embodied life, to gather all of the information about the current life and plot out all the opportunities available from conception to grave as if-then statements. This means that if this choice is made, then this path is taken, these opportunities become available, and this choice will come next if you continue on this path. All of the information gathered and noted in the embodied life record, all the calculations, opportunities, and possible outcomes are converted here into a map, a two-dimensional web which allows the life to lay out visually in all its complexity. Each choice is a nexus moving the soul in a direction towards the next array of choices and away from many others. Reading a life roadmap is a bit like experiencing a living masterpiece in a gallery. Standing in front of a Monet or a Gauguin is a full-body experience that takes us, for a moment, back to the experience of being the spiritual beings we truly are. Opening ourselves to that way of knowing, when working through the roadmap, allows us to view it without judgment and to become aware of all the possibilities it presents. Paradoxically, it also roots us in linear experience time in a way even more profound than that provided by past life records. While the map is showing us potential events and opportunities not yet taken, it's also showing all the opportunities in an ever-updating, ever-creating, real-world timeline. I liken this to cartooning, where the artist creates the original sketch or drawing in pencil, and when satisfied, they complete it by inking it in permanently. Similarly, the roadmap is written by the embodied life record in what I term pencil, albeit colored and constantly in movement. But as the life is lived, as choices are made and paths are traveled, a record of this is inked in over the penciling. All this has come to pass is now a permanent record, all other opportunities either concluding or continuing based on those choices and actions. It's therefore relatively easy to see where the soul is on the path, what has led them to their current life situation, and what paths and choices and opportunities lie before them. From this, the overwhelming amount of choices and options, activities, and experiences shown on the roadmap, we can become overwhelmed and begin to feel that life is all random chance and we're just a leaf floating on a stream with no control, just a little speck in the immensity of life. And this is why we create goals and go through pre-planning. We co-create our existence in part because our soul helps us navigate through all of these stimuli. And this is where the artistry comes in. Because through all of these straight lines and angles and paths, our soul helps us keep on track by spiraling us through our lives on an ever-turning trajectory. 
When we are meant to learn something or experience something or become something, and the choices we make lead us away from this, the opportunity isn't lost. It comes around again, arriving in a new form, in a new way, altering to fit with who we have become, giving us another chance at following our soul path. Some people experience this as the universe speaking to us through circumstances. An event catches our attention, but we shake it off as coincidence. Then a similar thing happens, but is bigger and more obvious. If we continue to ignore it, the events can become so obvious that even unknowing bystanders can see and understand the meaning and implications. So with all that said, I'm often asked if the information I teach about reading soul books is the same as I use when doing a reading for a client. And you'd think I'd have a slick answer for that after all this time, but I'm still flummoxed each and every time. It's not that the question is a bad one, just that it points to the fact that the person is new to the entire process and the answer will require a bit more information than they expect. What I'm currently teaching with my Akashic-level course, Find Your Soul Purpose Through the Akashics, is the very basic tools necessary for you to start the process of working with soul books. Through the meditations and practices in the class, you build the physical ability, the muscles if you will, to focus your attention and process the information you receive from your book and working with the Akashics. Is this all there is to know about your soul book and how to work with it? Nope. Will I be teaching classes that delve further into this? Yep. Do these skills apply to reading other people's soul books? Yes and no. With that said, reading for others is a completely different thing than having the skills to read a soul book. Reading for others requires that you've done a lot of healing of your own stuff, so that you can actually hear what's being requested of you and present it in the clearest, most healthy way that the client can receive which may not be any way that you would normally present it. You have to be able to listen to their guides, teachers, peers, and soul group, while at the same time answering the client's questions and trying to facilitate clear communication between all parties. And you have to go through their book respectfully, without bias or prejudice to see what's actually there, find what it is they're asking about from the reams of information available, and present it in a good way. So yes, to read someone's soul book, you must have built up the skills and the acumen to process the information in their book, and my classes will give you that. However, having those skills won't give you the skills or the insight you need to be of service to others. When it comes to soul books, I don't recommend the practice makes perfect approach of just diving in and trying it. The information you're reaching for is too crucial and intimate as far as your friend or family member is concerned. I know it sounds prosaic. But if you're wanting to read people's soul books, I first recommend that you do volunteering for an organization that allows you to work directly with people in need. Hospice, battered women's shelter, boys and girls clubs, homeless organizations, etc., etc. You will get a crash course on how to set your own needs, wants, and biases aside and be in service to others both from training and from practical experience. And that's invaluable stuff. And above all, do not try to read the soul books of your children or your significant other. Children under the age of 18 are far more in touch with who they truly are as souls than adults as they haven't fully forgotten where they came from. 
And if they are carrying karma, it hasn't kicked in yet. And telling them about it could cause all kinds of problems for them that they don't need. Let their guides and teachers deal with their soul and focus on being their parent. And remember, no matter how healed, spiritual, non-judgmental, or enlightened you become, you will never have enough distance or detachment to read cleanly for anyone you love. You're far too invested in the outcome of the question to even pose it correctly. Let family and lovers be just that, and leave their spiritual journey to them. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, I'll begin delving into soul groups and how souls interact. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.